Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. People's eyes are gonna pop out of their damn skulls when they see this. Listen, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, I'll gut you like a fish. Finger licking good. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today I'm joined by both Greg and Will of the band The Creature Preachers. Now, before we dive into that, I just want to remind you guys to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and X for all updates on the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by just rating and subscribing wherever you're listening. Or if you'd like to sign up for the Patreon, it's only $2 a month. The link for that is in the description. You'll get some stickers in the mail, a shout-out on a future episode, and a couple other perks as well, so... Check that out if you're interested. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and let's get into this week's episode. We're going to start with the first question, and, uh, you know, pretty much it's just, you know, uh, giving you room to promote anything you got coming up, you know, either with Creature Preachers, or if either of you guys have separate projects you want to shout out or, you know, promote, you're more than welcome to do that as well, so. Okay, cool. Um, so our our album just came out in October for, um, you know, digital, uh, so all the streams, oh, yeah. uh, but it's coming out for vinyl uh, on Missing Think Records, should be next month. Nice. That's the that's the plan. But it was also supposed to come out in like July of last year too. So we'll we'll see if that actually holds. But um right now, like Valentine's Day is kind of the the target date for it to be on final. Awesome. And this is about the time this episode will be dropping. So if uh, if it's out, I'll definitely put the link in the descriptions nice. for anybody that wants to pick it up. Yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah. And I really enjoyed the record. I was listening to it on uh Spotify on my way up to uh Virginia the other night. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. But uh and do you guys have any other projects, or is this kind of just your main focus? I mean, this is kind of the main focus. I did recently do, I don't know if you know uh, Brain Bleed Magazine, if you're familiar with them at all. Mm-mm, but I'll definitely check them out. Yeah, they're cool. They're, they kind of do horror music, a whole bunch of different stuff. But I did uh, recently, I did an interview with Ted Pilgrim from Satan's Programs, the, you know, the, the surf man. Yeah. I uh, did an interview with him, and it's going to be in, it's in the latest issue of Brain Bleed Magazine, which uh, just came out. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely look out for that for sure. And I'll check into, uh, I'll go give them a follow and stuff and start checking them out. Cause that sounds right up my alley yeah, for sure. Cool. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we can definitely dive into the, uh, uh, just the horror movie side of things. Usually my first question I like to start with, and you know, you, uh, you each can, you know, take a shot at answering. So, uh, and we'll start with, uh, is Greg in the misfits hoodie and then will in the, okay, cool. Yeah. Just making sure I got it right. Uh, we'll go with Will since uh, Greg uh, talked a little bit about the promotion stuff more. The first question I pretty much shout out to all my guests is, what was your relationship with horror movies growing up? And did it change at all as you got older and became an adult? Yeah, so, uh, you know, early on, yeah, 80s kid, right? So for us, you know, kind of classics are like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, you know, th- those kind of slasher films. You know, the the Freddy Krueger stuff was, was really the first movie I ever watched that like scared the crap out of me. I think I was like six or seven and I don't think I slept for like two nights. <laughs> uh, the first time I watched that, that was uh, pretty good. But then, you know, getting a little bit older, you know, kind of getting more appreciation for kind of the craft of making movies. So then like, you know, older, you know, Dawn of the Dead and that kind of stuff where you're kind of able to kind of see how the movie's put together. And like how do you do things, you know, um, how you do things when you don't have a budget to do things. Uh, a lot of the early like George Romero stuff is just, it's just really cool. Like, like in a hands-on kind of way. 
Yeah. Um, it, it maybe isn't as polished as, as some of the big budget stuff, but uh, you know, the way they're, they're able to accomplish what the, you know, the storytelling they're doing is uh, what, what I started to appreciate later on. Oh yeah. And I definitely see what you mean for sure. It's like uh, you start to see like the growth and exploding heads from Dawn of the Dead to Maniac that, you know, with Thompson yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, oh yeah. And I was the same way. I grew up terrified of horror movies and then slowly just, you know, grew an appreciation for just movies in general. And then horror became the front runner after a while. So, uh, but uh, what about uh, you, Greg? What was your uh, relationship with them growing up? Yeah. So um, like my earliest memories, honestly, are, are, you know, being into all that stuff, paranormal and occult and supernatural stuff, like, you know, being raised on, you know, this is a you know soft example, but like you know Scooby Doo, and then um, I think that's the springboard for a lot of people you know into the scary stuff, and then yeah, um, watching the the old original uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, you know with Jack uh, Palance, you know, a lot of that stuff scared me, and then like um, Unsolved Mysteries, like you know that. So as a kid, that was kind of the the uh, I guess the gateway drug, and then just like Will, like yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, like that was the only movie as a kid that ever gave me nightmares like i could watch anything else but for whatever and i think a lot of it too is because like you know like michael myers and jason you know they're scary but like they don't seem real whereas freddie he had so much personality and like you know he was you know like a, a child murderer before so it's like you know those dudes exist so i think that was scarier to me because he seemed like a real person yeah so you know got hooked real early and then as an adult uh, started to get really more into well folk horror. That's kind of my favorite, uh, I guess, subgenre, which I didn't realize until later. And then looking back, I realized stuff I watched, you know, was folk horror, but that's before I knew that that was a thing. And then some of the, I guess they call it now, elevated horror. Like I'm into that too. So stuff like Ari Aster, like you know, Hereditary and Midsummer, and uh, like Robert Eggers with The Lighthouse and The Witch and stuff like that. So I love all of that stuff. That's kind of my main thing now. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's one of those things. Every, everything else, you're like, I just won't go to Camp Crystal Lake or I just won't go to Haddonfield. Exactly. Or, that's that's easy. Yeah. 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 But I, can, I can't you stop falling to asleep. Go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone sleeps. <laughs> Plus, the way he was ripping people apart was way more brutal. You know, like he was yeah. putting them up in walls, sucking them into beds and shooting them out just as blood. Right. And there was and there was so much like body horror and stuff, too, like in a real kind of Cronenberg way that other, you know, slasher movies weren't doing. So it was just a whole thing. Yeah. Now, I'd much rather have an arrow through the neck than just get turned into like gallons of blood yeah. flowing from a bed. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, and of course, you mentioned, you know, a, a couple of like, you know, uh, like your favorites and, you know, the subgenre that's become your favorite and front runner. But do you have a favorite movie of all time as far as horror goes? And, you know, of course, you feel free to shout out a couple, you know, of the that set up there close to it. Um, I guess it's maybe, maybe a bit of a cop out, but I, I usually cite Texas Chainsaw Massacre as my favorite or at least the one I put up there as the top. And okay. that's another example of something I watched that I didn't really realize was folk horror originally. But if you look at it, like if you kind of look at, you know, all the bullet points for folk horror, like it hits all of them. It's just more of like an American version of it, where I think traditionally we think of British folk horror, like the Wicker Man and stuff like that. Hmm. But I think it's a perfect example of like rural American uh, folk horror. Hell yeah. That's something uh, a lot of times when I ask people for their favorite, they're, you know, before they give their answer, they're like, it might be cliche, but I feel like that's why these movies are the classics is because they're that good. You know what I mean? They're they're the classics yeah. for a reason, for sure. So uh, I'm a 90s kid. My favorite Scream. So my second favorite is Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'm right there with you as far as it being like the cliche movies and stuff. So uh, what about you, Will? Well, yeah, what you were saying just then, you know, it's like, you know, me, I was born in 80. So it's the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise was kind of like the it then. 
but you know, a lot of the, I guess the kids who were, you know, middle school about the time I was in high school, you know, it was like Jeepers Creepers is kind of like their entree into the genre. So, you know, it definitely, it's, it's generational, you know, it moves forward. Um, I don't have a favorite movie. I don't think that's, it's like picking your favorite kid, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's, that's hard to do, but uh, maybe uh, if you'd give me a franchise, I would say probably the, the living dead. Yeah. Um, just like the whole kind of arc of all of that. And again, like watching it progress from, you know, backyard basement movie into kind of big budget uh, and just seeing what they're able to accomplish as that progresses, as, as they're able to do more. No, yeah, I agree 100%. And they're trying to, it's one of those things that is such so legendary that they're still trying to make the films after George A. Romero's gone. You know, they're still trying to, you know, do that last script and adapt it, you know, without him and stuff, even though they're trying to do it with respect to him and, you know, with in respect to his foundation and everything. But still, it's just like the fact that just shows the legacy of those films for sure. Hell yeah. And uh, of course, uh, you mentioned uh, Greg the Witch being one of your favorites. Do you guys have any other like more recent films that you just really enjoyed? And like they don't have any favorites of all time, but uh, just something maybe in the last decade or so that really stuck out to you that you find yourself returning to more often? Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, all the, the Ari Aster and the Robert Eggers stuff recently. Uh, Barbarian, that's a real recent one that I really, really enjoyed. Hell yeah. That's a really good one. I, re I, I made everybody at work watch that one. And I all got them hooked on that one. <laughs> um, Evil Dead Rise. Was pretty good i recently watched which i you know i love the evil dead franchise yeah i think out of out of everything i've seen like the last 10 years probably the lighthouse is probably uh, yeah the lighthouse is great um oh, yeah. i mean you, you can't mess with Will, uh willem defoe so yeah i was gonna say you wouldn't be able to tell from all the stuff behind me because it's all a bunch of schlocky horror movies and stuff but like i love that stuff as well like uh my son's name is ari actually because he's he's three and uh we ended up naming him after ari Esther, not because it's like oh, that's awesome <laughs> like I, I love hereditary but also i just thought the name was cool so i was like why not name him after something you know unique and yeah. one of the best horror movies to come out in forever so but oh yeah you guys uh i before we move into the uh, hypothetical questions do you guys have any more um movies that you want to shout out or anything man i'm trying to think man what's that one i think it was oculus yeah. Oh, uh, with, with the mirror. Yeah. Um. So I liked that one because it was it was kind of real, right? So I I hit a solid turning point where horror movies weren't really scary to me anymore because you know the supernatural side of of where they go a lot of times with that you know that's yeah. not real and it's hard to suspend that disbelief to believe that you know like later on Michael Myers you know. Uh, either he was like a a, a voodoo kind of thing or, you know, it's this like supernatural. Like back when he was just some yoked guy in coveralls who would just pursue you until he got you. Right. That's scary because that's, that's a thing. Like, yeah. That's a real thing. So uh, like it, without spoiling it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I guess it's been long enough. A little while. But <laughs> Oculus, right? Like the first like seven tenths of that movie it was all to me it, it's it's a mystery trying to okay is it a magic mirror or are these people crazy yeah and when there's the possibility that it's just the people are crazy like that makes it scary to me like that kind of psychological edge um and then questioning what's real like um uh the babadook was a good one that's a good the, one. almost the entire movie was fantastic because you see a little flit you know what was that? Because we've all done that. We've all seen something out the corner for us. Was that really there? Yeah. 
and then they 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 shoot themselves in the foot at the end. You know, they they jaws three it. <laughs> you know, and it just it just kills it. Yeah, jaws, uh, which they didn't mean to, but you know, everybody knows that story, right? The shark didn't work. Uh, yeah. What was this? Fluffy or Bruce or whatever? Uh, Br- Bruce. It was Bruce, yeah, right? Because yeah. that's why Finding Nemo. Uh, Bruce didn't work. They couldn't get it to work, so they had to shoot around the problem and made a terrifying movie in the process. Right, because you don't see the shark. But then, yeah. you know, CGI comes out and it's like, oh, we can put whatever we want on the screen, and that's never going to be as scary as as what you imagine. Yeah, 100%. Go and, back to uh, Greg's favorite, Texas Chainsaw. Like, everybody talks about that movie being one of the goriest of all time, but, like, every kill's off screen, even when... He's like Chainsaw and Franklin. Like you just see Franklin exactly. from behind you going don't like this. Actually, see it. And yeah. People always talk about when he puts that chick on the hook, and it's like you never actually see that hook go into her back or any blood. Yeah. Well, it's not on screen, but you see it. Which you see it in your because you're imagining. And that's the thing. Like that's what one thing that H.P. Lovecraft always said. It's like you're always going to imagine things a hundred times worse. You know, than yeah. someone describing it to you. And the same thing with the original Halloween. It's kind of, you know, except for when he dresses the bodies at the end when she's running through the house and they're all falling out dead and stuff. There's really not like a really brutal kill in that either. You know, he stabs people. No blood shows up on anything except for the tip of the knife. And then uh, but I agree that that those movies definitely were better when it was that first movie was so much better because it was just a mystery of he did it because he wanted to. You know, there was no reason behind it. And then it became it was his sister and this and that. So, but no. Yeah. Oh, we never mentioned the thing. Well, I mean, it's a older movie, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great example of practical effect. Like, you can watch the thing today and the practical effects still hold up. Yeah. And that's a big thing for me, too, with recent movies. I I love when they go for the practical. So, yeah, like, because there's CG that came out, you know, this year that doesn't look very good. You know, you look at the thing and other movies in that time where it's, you know, 30, 40 years old and it still looks good to this day. Like, yeah. Now, there's little movies where, like, uh, they'll do like a CGI cleanup and it like messes it up and stuff like that, you know? And uh, that's one thing I like about the thing is, yeah, they didn't touch that thing at all. It was all in front of the cameras, even the title cards, fucking they just burned some paper, uh, like a trash bag or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, like that was so cool. When I I learned that too, I'm like every part of it. Yeah. That's cool. Like that's so great. Um, Also. Oh, Mandy. As far as recent movies. Fuck yeah. I fucking love Mandy. I think that's one of the best uh, movies that come out in the past a couple of years. Yeah. No, that scene where they like, uh, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen Mandy, it's not spoiling the whole movie because if you kind of learn the plot line, you immediately know. But the way that they kill Mandy in front of Red is just fucking one of the gnarliest things. Oh, dude, that, brutal. Yeah. So brutal. But oh, yeah. And I do want to shout out uh, one thing I meant to mention about Oculus is when it came out, people didn't realize, but that was the start of Mike Flanagan, you know, who's gone on to give us a lot of good horror, you know, with the Hill House That's true. show. And which, uh, I, yeah, I've loved all, I loved all his, uh, his series so far. Yeah. And Hush was really good too. Really good. Yeah. Hell yeah. But no, yeah, and uh, I'm moving to the hypothetical stuff, but feel free to shout out any movies if they pop in your head and stuff like that. So pretty much in the back half of the show, I like to ask some hypothetical questions to mix the music and movies. And uh, even though you guys play the same project, definitely feel free to give your own answers, you know, because it's just a hypothetical fun stuff. So uh, the first question is, if somebody approached you guys and wanted to make a music video for you and they wanted it to be a remake of one of your favorite horror films just made into a music video featuring you guys, you know, kind of shortened down, uh, what horror movie would you choose and how would you make it into a music video? That's yeah, a cool question. Uh, well, so, you know, because I love folk horror and, you know, this band kind of has that swampy folk horror aesthetic, I would definitely go with something like that. So probably be something like Children of the Corn, oh, yeah. you know, something along those lines, but like a swampy, I guess, version of that. It'd be cool to see like a band break down on the side of the road, like, because, you know, like 
the whole basis of the original Children of the Corn is just, you know, they pretty much stumble upon it because they like almost hit that kid or whatever. Yeah. Like if you guys just broke down in that same spot and then the children started fucking with you, it'd be pretty funny. Like a nice little nod and cool way to yeah. do it. You know, so the thing with like like Midsummer, right, is it's it doesn't come at you like scary. It's not jump scares. It's not a slasher. It's just that slow unsettling like there's always something just a little bit off yeah you just feel uncomfortable right and it's just and that builds and builds and builds um so i don't know maybe something like that like we've got uh, the scary possum festival right so maybe we uh either like break down stumble upon it or we get hired to come do a thing right and you know then this festival starts and it's it's a little bit weird. It's like, okay, you know, these guys, they, they just like their possum stuff, but it just builds weirder and weirder till you finally get the crescendo. It's like, oh, we're in danger. Yeah, we're in danger. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like, that's actually a good um, idea now. You know, I love uh, talking about music videos. I think anybody would be hard-pressed to do a better job than Mastodon. That's true, yeah. Uh, with, with, with their music videos. And I just, especially with that, I've always pictured, like, completely but, ripping off asleep in the deep where they've yeah, got silly ass puppets and shit yeah. oh man i would i would not even feel bad about ripping that off yeah. oh yeah those are definitely uh, both great answers and um, midsummer is one that definitely uh is a movie that i really enjoy but i agree it's like more psychological and stuff like that and like th- there's scenes where they're like all supposed to be sleeping and you just hear a baby crying and like you know the way that they all like uh when they're all like screaming at each other like that's not horror but it's like it's so unsettling that it's like for horror fans and stuff but oh yeah those are uh Two good ones, and they pair well together. Shit, you could uh, uh, be leaving the. You could have it like a a music video in the sequel, like oh, we made it out of the festival alive, and then break down and fucking have to deal with the children of the corn. Hell yeah, I, w- I would love a little epic. No, that'd be cool. Right? Hell yeah. Then that'd be easier to set up because like you could start the video with just a, like oh, look at this flyer, we're going to this festival, and then boom, the rest of the video could mm-hmm. have music behind it and stuff. So, but hell yeah, yeah get Red Fang with us, like guys, we got a gig. <laughs> yeah. Pile in the truck and yeah, and that's another cool thing is oh, being a festival nice. video. You can have a bunch of uh, friends like cameo and stuff for sure. There you go. Well, hell yeah. So pretty much uh, my second of the hypothetical questions. I only have two hypothetical ones and then one that I like to end all uh, one question. I like to end all my episodes on. And uh, the last hypothetical one is, would you guys ever want to score a horror movie? Uh, and of course, if so, it's being hypothetical. What subgenre would you prefer? Would you want to do a supernatural, you know, something alien or even something uh, slasher? Yeah, I mean, I would love to do that. Like, I could do that, you know, for a living to just score movies and stuff. And we've done a little bit of soundtrack stuff. There's a movie. Um, well, the, the first one we do there's a documentary. It's called a Mom and Mom and Pop Video Shops. It's basically like a documentary of uh, '80s and '90s, like the Mom, like the Mom and Pop Video Shops. And so we did. Oh yeah. Uh, a couple of songs for that, and then the same same dude he asked us to do uh, a song for. They have a movie called Babe Beach. It's kind of like a it's kind of like those, kind of like a, what do you call it? Early 2000s kind of sex comedy, kind of those. Um, so we did yeah. like the theme song for that. So we've kind of dabbled a little bit and would absolutely love to do that. Um, as far as subgenre or whatever, with us being surf, I guess that kind of, I don't know, maybe pigeonholes us a little bit. I've always liked it. It's something that Stephen King movies seem to do. Um, and it's kind of caught on with other uh, movies too, is where they'll be like really kind of, happy music playing while something horrible is happening yeah and i and i always when they choose surf rock for that because i think surf rock even though it, a lot of it can be happy and upbeat and stuff it still always sounds a little creepy just from the the reverb and the minor chords and stuff so 
I think that would be really cool to use one of our songs for a scene like that. Fuck yeah. No, I definitely uh, know what you mean for sure. And I think I've seen some of the guys' other work, because if I'm not mistaken, you also did the VHS Massacres um, documentary as well. The yeah, guy did Mon- yeah, same yeah. dude, yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, he's been at a couple of conventions, you know, they've gone to because I'm in North Carolina mm-hmm. as well and stuff. So, yeah, but, yeah uh, they're North Carolina guys. No, hell yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. It's one of those things with um, where like uh, certain music, it just becomes more like it sounds almost like it's fantasy music over like a horrifying thing in like the Stephen King movies and stuff, especially like the old miniseries ones like, you know, Stephen King, uh, the It miniseries and stuff yeah. and uh, Salem's mm-hmm. Lot and stuff. But no, I agree 100 percent. That'd be dope as fuck. Um do you have uh what about you will do you have a separate uh of course i know the answer is probably yes you would want to do it but would you uh like have a different subgenre or anything like that you'd like to try out or well you know i was i was just thinking like uh before we jumped in like my answer would be yes i would love to score a movie i would love to soundtrack a movie and yes i would like to do you know slasher psychological like like whatever it is you know i was just thinking though it's like you know soundtracking and scoring you know it's like different completely different things that almost feel and you know maybe i'm wrong about this i don't know it's just the the scoring feels like higher pressure yeah because you know you think back you know the the score you know when you get you get the violins ramping up when something's about to happen we don't and i don't know if it's if movies have trained us to do that or they just take advantage of how that you know just innately works on people but yeah you get especially a lot of the the misdirections that you get uh definitely in like the 80s you know you get a lot of the the early on the misdirection that sets you up later yeah um you get that you know you know violins or what is it the the hydrophone Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff it's really it's not you're not thinking about the score while it's happening but if it wasn't there it'd be a completely different movie so I would love to do that. I don't know like how good I would be <laughs> at making that, you know, but I would definitely love to give it a try. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, I agree. Definitely, you know, juxtaposing, you know, major tones, you know, upbeat, happy stuff, uh, which was a lot of the unease with like Midsummer mm-hmm. and, and movies like that. Was that uh, uh, the bees? Um, the the Nicolas Cage movie, oh, that, Wicker, uh, Man. Wicker Man, yeah. Wicker Man, that's it, not the bees. <laughs> like, but it's that same thing. That and uh, I don't know, just movies like that. It's like everybody's so happy. It's, it's that unsettling yeah. when, yeah, the juxtaposition of it. Yeah, when you know something's not right, but everybody's so happy about it. Right. Yeah. It's like that's creepy, and that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's like um, if you played you know, the intro music to Cannibal Holocaust at a party full of people they didn't know, they'd be sitting there like vibing out, like, "Oh, what's this beautiful music?" And you're like, "Oh, it's Cannibal Holocaust." <laughs> <laughs> but like seeing it along to that, but no, and I agree, hundred uh, percent. Those are just uh, it's one of those things that it comes to scoring different things. It's definitely harder to score it. I feel like because a lot of times I feel like the director is already writing those needle drops for the songs and stuff. So it's like most of the times like that's already like ready to go and queued up and stuff you know where the uh composing and scoring and stuff you got a lot more you know free range and stuff you know they might come to you with ideas or you know old scores that they're like hey i kind of want you know this to be the inspiration but uh hopefully they wouldn't you know micromanage you too much and stuff but i feel like at the level we're at we probably wouldn't get a lot of micromanagement or management (laughs) in general or opportunities No, they'll just be like, sounds good, guys. Thank you so much for doing it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, there's a shit. I'm 
wish they would hit you guys up for Mutilator too. They just did. That would have been the perfect one for you guys, you know, because there's a beach slasher movie. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, we're waiting. Where's the phone call, guys? Right. <laughs> hey, if they do three, I'll definitely just start uh hashtag let the creature preachers do it. There you go. But we'll I'm, do a little grassroots. Yeah, start a campaign for sure. But go stand out the well, once they start doing the movies, they always go to every convention in North Carolina. So just go to every convention in North Carolina and be like, hey, let me do the music. <laughs> hey, let me do the music. Okay. No, uh, hell yeah. Uh, and pretty much my final question I'd like to ask all my guests is, do you have a horror story of your own? And it can be, you know, something from, you know, a, a gig gone wrong or just something that was scary as shit that happened in your personal life. And, uh, uh, of course, if you guys have a story you'd like to share together, that's cool. But you can also share your separate stories if you have those as well. Okay. Um, I don't know if it really is a horror story, maybe just something weird. But uh, when I was a kid, I used to see, it would always be out of the corner of my eye. And I, I would used to see, they looked like small arms and legs. And they would always be like on the other, like coming over like a corner of a wall or something like, like yeah. I just missed somebody, you know, walking into another room or whatever. And it'd always be just one little arm, one little leg. And it used to really weird me out. And I have no idea. And it was like I said, just right out of the corner of my eye and I'd look and be gone. But I know I saw a little arm, little leg. And eventually it stopped. But like for a long time, I used to see that all the time. Hmm. That would definitely creep me out. But for some reason, I was trying not to laugh because all I could picture was the ICP hatchet man running by you and you're just catching the little arm and leg. Where <laughs> well, that's, it ba- <laughs> that's basically what it would be like. Just a little arm, like somebody, I just, like, I just missed him or something, you know? Yeah. But it was, it would always be just a little naked arm, little naked leg, you know, no clothes or anything. And <laughs> yeah, it was the weirdest thing. No, that would scare the fucking shit out of me. That's one of the most scaring, <laughs> scary things in movies these days is when somebody's like, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys watch the Hell House movies, but like, um, mm-hmm. And those when they'll be staring at a corner and all of a sudden you just see a hand or a leg come around the corner or like, you know, most of the time it's a hand, but or like you'll just see feet under something. You're just like, man, fuck that shit. I don't care. Yeah. 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 What about uh, you? Well, do you got one? I don't know if it counts as a horror story either, but, uh, you know, I told you, you know, Freddy Krueger used to, uh, you know, quite literally haunt my dreams at night. You know, I, I had these almost like recurring dreams and freddie would come in and he'd be killing everybody and then he'd come after me and i would wake up like right when he was about to get me and i remember i had one dream one time and it was actually at my friend's house right over here around the corner he had these big stairs that went up to where the bedrooms were and i remember i was walking up the stairs and uh freddie came down the stairs the other way and i just kind of froze and you know i stood there and we kind of squared off or whatever and and i remember thinking in the dream it's like I'm tired of like running away from you and being scared. It's like, just, just do what you're going to do. And, you know, he got his claw and he was going to swipe me and he like stops like, like right before he made contact and I didn't flinch or like run away or, or act scared. And I guess it impressed Freddie. And as he reaches back, he pulls out another glove and gives it to me. And we just ran through the neighborhood, just killing people. Uh, <laughs> that was the rest of the dream. And the thing is, like, that was the last, like, Freddy Krueger night terror I ever had. And, you know, that was kind of my turning point when the horror movies weren't scary anymore. They were cool. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, like, I'm sharing too much here. But, uh, you know, like, somebody could probably analyze that and, like, like figure some stuff out. But I just, I feel like I, to me, you know, I, I turned the corner where it's like, you don't scare me anymore. Yeah, it's almost like you really beat Freddy in your dreams, like in the movies, and then it worked for you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, if you can't beat him, join him, right? Yeah. No, I mean, that works. I mean, that's honestly, uh, like I said, A Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorites, but I grew up scared of horror movies. But that's kind of what, that's kind of the movie that made me not so scared. That and Scream, you know, because Scream's not really scary, but it's just 
fun. Um, but Nightmare on Elm Street was the first one that I like saw so many times that even though it was scary, I could watch it. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, oh, y'all want to watch a scary movie? Nightmare on Elm Street, because at least I know where the scares are and this and that. So now I feel like the same thing. It's almost like uh, like just facing it. You know what I mean? Like once you straight up just start uh give in and be like all right it's scary but i'm gonna just watch it anyways because i like the thrill and this and that it's just then it turns and after a while it's just it stops being super scary and it just becomes you know fun and you know you get a jolt every now and then or the creepy you know the the jeepers creepers to be uh referencing back to the beginning of the episode but uh no it's i, I agree 100 cool that you remember a dream too like cause it's, a lot of times i wake up and forget dreams so it's always nice when i remember a cool one you know what i mean like one that actually stands out yeah same got a, a small handful of dreams like even going back to when I was like a, a little kid that I still remember, but yeah, like I maybe don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. And, and 90% of the time, like if, if I do have a cool dream, like I can remember it for about 10 minutes after I wake up and then gone. Yeah. Same. But it's always a fucked up one to stick with me in that one. I mean, hell I must've been nine or 10 when I had that dream. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, well, I appreciate you guys for coming on the show. Uh, it was a blast chatting with you guys. Appreciate sure. you having us. Yeah, man, thanks for having. Me. I like I like your uh, your Darcy action figure back there too. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I got uh, Joe Bob over here too. It's just blocked by the mic or whatever. But oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I got a little mug and stuff. But no, I love the last driving. It's one of my favorites for sure. But yeah, I, I grew up watching Joe Bob Briggs Monster Vision. So fuck yeah. That's uh, going to see them at the. They're doing a double feature at the Carolina Theater in Durham, North Carolina, coming up in May. So I finally get to see them live. So I'm excited. They're showing Bubba Hotep and Donnie Darko. It's a weird double feature. But... Nice. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, guys. Well, I appreciate you and have a good rest of your day. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, right. Thank you. You too. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as I'll be joined once again by the one and only Ben Hilton of the band's Death Before Dishonor and Isolate. So don't forget to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and X for updates on the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by just rating and subscribing wherever you're listening. Or if you're interested in the Patreon, the link is in the description. I know early in the episode we chatted about their newest vinyl being available. It hasn't dropped yet, so the link isn't in the description. But just make sure you keep an eye out on all their socials, and I'm sure it'll drop soon for sure. Thank you guys again for listening, and stay safe.